live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create amazing relationships. I'm George Camel, joined by Rachel Cruz. Open phones at 888-825-5225. You call in and we'll give you our advice. Not telling you you'll like it, but we will give it to you. Unfiltered, unbiased, just wanting to help you take the right next step and live your best debt-free life. Reagan joins us up first in Knoxville, Tennessee. Reagan, what's going on? Hey, George and Rachel. I am a little sad that I can't talk to you guys for five hours, but I'm excited to be here. Hey, five minutes is better than nothing. (laughs) All righty. Well, I've got my question I can read to you, so I sound a little bit smarter. Okay. Use some big words. Okay. (laughs) I have been married for two years, and we are currently gazelle intense paying off my wife's nursing school debt. As we plan for the future, we are eager to bring children into our family. We both come from single-income families, and we've always imagined that that's how our lives would turn out as well. In fact, we borderline consider it part of our faith to build a family with a stay-at-home mom. I work as an entry-level construction estimator, making 55 k and I can make this decent money down the road. Uh, it scares me to think about trying to save for a down payment or afford large purchases on my income if we were to have a child soon, but I also don't want to wait four to six years for my income to go up to start having children. Do we need to put off our goal of having kids soon, or do we need to have more realistic expectations about my wife's future employment? Ooh, that's a good question. Well, let's start with this nursing debt. How much does she have? About 50. Okay. Any other debt you guys have? Nope. Is she working right now, Reagan? She is. She's just barely graduated nursing school. She's making about the same as me. Okay. Okay. 55K. So let's say the household income is about 110? Yep. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Reagan, I will never tell someone not to start a family, get married, you know, big life decisions. Um, I would tell, you know, I would never tell someone not to do those. And instead, you should pay off debt or you should do all these other things we talk about. I mean, I think... um, when you want to start a family, you guys start a family and people want to wait until they're financially stable and all of that. And, and I hear that and I, and I get it, but also I think sometimes that finish line can move and you can feel like you're never really there. And then you look up, you're like, oh man, it's been four years and we've wanted a family and we haven't started. Well, we're this. out of debt. Should we wait till we have a house? Okay. Well then we'll wait another three years so we can get the yeah, down payment being yeah. a house because a baby can't survive in a rental for some reason. So there's a lot of just weird things that happen along the way and that's why we tell people hey if you want to have a family go for it it might be a a little more difficult but it's not going to ruin your life by any means it's only going to be a a blessing and a joy so what i would be looking at is uh, number one the actual budget and reality of the numbers is hey if we have a kid and you're staying home can we actually cover all the bills can we cover the four walls food utility shelter transportation insurance and still hit our financial goals so i'm wondering can we knock out the debt while she's working and then stay home. And that's the goal is to um, have her debt paid off in the next six months is what we're tracking towards. And uh, then after that, I mean, we're just, there's a lot of big decisions we can make. We both need, we both drive old cars and we want to save up for a house and things like that. Um, And it's just trying to balance, you know, the excitement of being out of debt and taking the next step with taking on these extra responsibilities that might harm our income. Yeah. Well, I mean, getting the emergency fund in place once you're debt-free is going to be important. If you want to upgrade the cars with cash, that would be a future goal. And then beyond that, you might need to rent for a few years until you have that down payment saved up. 
and the problem is a lot of people have a kid and they all of a sudden go we don't have any room now we have to go buy a house even though we're broke and so i don't want you to fall into that trap so can you yeah. stay where you are renting right now even through the first kid uh, that's the plan. I think what scares me more is just having the space in my income after we have a kid, if we were to go to a single income, to then save up for a down payment. Yeah, it would just take you longer. I mean, that's you guys will just be, in order for one goal to happen, which is for her to stay home with the baby, then other goals are going to have to shift, right? I mean, and, and it's a priority thing for you guys. If it's more of a priority for her being home, then the house is going to be down below that or if you guys say no maybe she she works you know four days a week or something and you know or works you, through the first baby and once we have baby number two then she's gonna stay yeah or figure you know. you know or you know you guys decide something else because the house you know that's more important then that goes first and then you know her being home goes second but it's up to you guys i mean yeah it's, it's what you guys value right and then out of that is where you say okay now we have to make these decisions and and no so um, so it may mean, you know, move into a, to a cheaper area. It may mean, you know, some other things when you go down to one income, but that's what you guys are going to, that's what you guys value is what I heard. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. So I think, yeah. And I think, you know, it's one of those things, Reagan, like it's, um, it's kind of that adult <laughs> adulting situations that you get in and you say, okay, what is best for our family and what's best for us may not be the same as X, Y, and Z person down here. So you may be watching X, Y, and Z family do things that you guys may not be able to do on that one income right away, right? Not that you can never do anything on one income, but it Mm -hmm. will just take longer. And I think that the more confident you guys are in that conviction is it's going to, that's going to, that's going to create the board at which you, you know, you have your life in. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's perfect advice. Yeah. All of these actions, Reagan, they'll you know they have a blessing and a consequence. The blessing is my wife gets to stay home. The consequence, our income got cut in half, and it's going to take us five more years to get a house. And so we have to weigh what's more important to us, what are the priorities right now, because we can't have our cake and eat it too. I wish I could snap my finger and you guys are debt free with an emergency fund, living in your dream home. <laughs> She's staying home. Everything is great, but there's going to be sacrifices. That might mean you work a side job for the next three years. And me, yeah. And Reagan, too, just know this you know, when it comes to the, and I know you guys don't have the baby right now, but if that is in her that she wants to be home, um, you don't regret that stuff. I don't, I, you know, that that's, you know, you don't regret being home with your baby if that's where you want to be. Now I, I work, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm not in that situation, but I did pull back some from work a few years ago to be home with the kids more. And I look back on that. I'm like, I don't regret that, right? There may have been some opportunity costs at work or whatever it is, but I don't regret that. So making decisions about things like family and kids and all of that, if you have the option and that's the decision you make, I don't think people. I don't. I don't think you'll regret that because she always will have the ability to go back to school. Now she got a freaking expensive degree yeah. to be a nurse, and she's going to go home. So all of you eighteen-year-olds out there, that's what happens. You go to school, follow your dream, four, go six fifty thousand dollars in debt. And now you want to stay home and be a mom, you know? And 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 you know, it's hard. Just just be aware of these decisions. And I want to give a shout there. out to all the moms out there, Rachel. There's so much mom guilt on either side. If you should be at home, you should be working. You should do this. And I just feel for the moms out there struggling with these decisions. Yeah, and That's some moms don't have the choice either, right? That they yeah. have to, they have to be working, um, you know. So it, it it is. It's a it's a it's a complicated thing at times, George. You've got to do what's right for you and accept that 
there may be sacrifices needed. Yes, and you guys just had Mia, your little yeah, baby, she's and, just and I think six too, months old. you could plan as much as you want, and then once the baby's here, things shift. You may be like, "Get 100%. me out of this house a little bit, please." <laughs> like, can I can I yeah. get out? Or you may be like, "No, I want to be here more." So um, you can plan, but sometimes those that plan even changes. Amen. This is the Ramsey Show. I've recommended Simply Safe Home Security for years, and over that time, they've just gotten better and better while remaining in amazing value. Their monitoring costs less than a dollar a day. Plus, unlike traditional home security providers, Simply Safe has no contract and no hidden fees. So don't wait to protect your home. Visit simplysafedirect.com right now and get a special 20% off. Simplysafedirect.com. There is no safe like Simply Safe. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel, joined by Rachel Cruz. If you want to check out more uh, great shows from The Ramsey Network, be sure to check out Rachel Cruz on YouTube and podcast, and search George Camel with a K on YouTube and Spotify, and you'll find uh, my channel over there. We're making, what, three three episodes a week for both of us? On top of Smart Money Happy Hour? Oh, yes, yes. Wow. And on top of this show. It's a lot of... You can't ever say that we're not... People are like, you need Smart Money Happy Hour every day. I'm like, listen, we got 19 <laughs> hours of content coming at you guys. That's plenty. We really... We... Go be it's, with your families. Go on a walk. Listen to some music. <laughs> you know? We'll be with you once a week. <laughs> hey. Well, we've been getting a lot of questions about taxes, and I get it that taxes can be real confusing. And so to help you get a better handle on them, let's unpack a question from one of our listeners. What's the difference between a tax deduction and a tax credit? Ah, uh. It's not a trick question, but people get confused. I, I just uploaded a video about taxes for beginners on my YouTube channel today. Oh, yeah. I went on the street on Broadway in Nashville. The answers were hilarious. Oh, like asking just like basic. Yeah. If they knew the difference between deductions and credits, many yeah. people were like, well, a tax credit, credit's like dead. So oh, I was no. like, no, <laughs> it's okay. So here it is. Well, it's fa- fair context clues, if right? If I, I mean, was on, yeah. Yeah. Fair. Decent guess. Here's what tax credits actually are. Uh, they cut your tax bill dollar for dollar. So if you end up owing $1,000 in taxes, a $500 credit will slash your bill another 500 bucks. And a tax deduction, on the other hand, is more on the front end. It lowers your tax bill by lowering your taxable income. So you simply subtract the deduction from your income. Less taxable income equals Less, less taxes owed. So deductions reduce how much of your income is taxed. Credits reduce the actual tax bill on the back end. So if you're confident about filing on your own, we've got a great tool for you, uh, Ramsey Smart Tax. You can find that at RamseySolutions.com slash tax. That's no-nonsense tax software. We're not going to try to sell your data and sell you debt like the other guys. It's low upfront pricing. We're not going to nickel and dime you. And if you want to work with a pro, you can connect with a tax pro who's Ramsey trusted Again, at RamseySolutions.com slash tax. Well, it's time for our question of the day, Rachel. Would you do us the honors? Oh, yes, I will. Today's question comes from Mark in Florida. I'm 64 years old, retire, a retired executive with an encore career, happily married, no debt, and $3.4 million net worth. I want to lease a new Maserati that will cost a total of $60,000 over three years. My wife is against it since this provides no financial benefit. Our net worth and liquidity will continue to grow. Can I afford this lease? Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, this can is you, an interesting one. Yeah, can you afford it? Yeah, you can afford it. You could afford a lot of stupid decisions. Yeah, I was like, it you can afford it. doesn't mean you should it. do it. Uh, it's just that, yeah, I mean, leasing, 
a car, it is the most expensive way to finance a vehicle. And it's going to be you basically just renting a car for three years. So, um, I mean, if... It hurts my heart that you're just going to blow 20 grand every year for fun and then still have to get a different car three years from now. At the end of this. So I I wouldn't do it just because obviously we don't talk, we don't, we we don't affirm leasing and all of that. If they're going to, if they have a $3.4 million net worth, they're going to just purchase it in cash and, uh, you know, you'll, you'll still end up in a better spot because guess what? After three years, you can go sell that Maserati for, you know, how much you, is a new Maserati, George? Google. Ooh, well, you Google know, it, it depends on the on the. I know you. Model. I know you know cars so well, George. Well, I've Just been in the market, guy. Rachel. You've been in the market, been test driving. I'm some so Maseratis. excited. I bet I'm going to get ads now for Maserati. They're going to be like, "This guy wants a Maserati." I, badly. I know. I'm terrible at guessing prices of stuff. What would you guess they they go for? Because <sighs> like a Maserati, they have I, don't, some... I don't even know what it looks like. I need to see what it looks like. You know like. the. It's oh got, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we're gonna go. Here we go. We're okay. gonna go. Hey, don't hold on, don't tell me. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess. Um, two hundred. No. Oh. I mean, I'm sure what? you can soup it up. Oh, one fifty. But for like their their normal, you know, uh, one sixty three, no! eighty five, and it goes up for there. Now it's really it's starting from, and most people that buy these, they want to soup them up with extra features and. You know, do custom sixty three thousand dollars. Yeah. We got a guy that had a Honda Civic loan for sixty thousand dollars with me and Jade. You know no. what I might do? Here's really? the thing: these like ultra luxury cars, they tend to depreciate. And so, what I might do if I'm in his shoes is take used... that sixty grand and go, "What used Maserati can I get for sixty grand?" Well, that or just go buy a new or car, buy a brand dude. new one. Just go buy it. It just doesn't feel it. like it's worth the juice ain't worth the okay, squeeze on the face. But this I feel like SUVs when we were in the when we were in the car shopping season after we had our third, we ended up with a um, Odyssey minivan. Mm-hmm. But we did look at, at SUVs, like you know, you look at you know um, Suburbans, you look at all those. Some of those, those big are boys. One tw- I mean, those are like a hundred thousand, like brand new. It hurts my soul. So I don't understand how Maserati, I'm, I'm just shocked. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm so shocked. Should I go get a Maserati? George? I think Should it's we time. Go? <laughs> this has now become an ad for Maserati. <laughs> Anyways. All right, Mark in Florida, go get you a Maserati. Pay I'm for it in at, cash. Don't lease it. I'm looking at slightly used Maseratis. They're going anywhere from 40 to $60,000, maybe $70,000 for 2023. So if I'm him, I'm going to take that 60 and just go buy one in cash. Golly, what I are just, they? What are the other cars that are like insane though? Why did I jump I mean, to like? Were you thinking like Lamborghinis? Oh yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking. Bugatti. <gasps> there you go. I've heard of those. There you okay, go. Okay, maybe that's what I was thinking of. Are those like 200 or am I just crazy? Are there any cars yeah. for 200? <laughs> I mean, like a Ford GT is like the 300,000. Okay, okay, so okay. depending so on the model. Okay, all right, all right. Well, know. we're not but, car experts. Yeah, obviously. I don't want to go too far before the car bros come at me, Rachel. They're very aggressive. <laughs> So yeah, leasing, it's a bad idea. You're just renting it and you're prepaying the depreciation on behalf of the dealership while they make a whole bunch of money. And the interest rate is hidden in the lease. You don't even know what you're paying interest-wise. Like, yeah, it's just not. That's the craziest part about leases. They don't legally have to disclose it because technically it doesn't count as a loan. Oh, is how they ma- okay. That's how they get away with it. Interesting, yeah. So they just bake it into the price. And so you think you're getting a deal, but really you're just renting very expensively. Yeah. No, thank you. All right, there you go, Mark. You do what you want. Go get a brand new one for sixty three thousand. Apparently, is what we just learned. But the key word here is my wife is against this. That would be all it takes for me to go. All right, we're not doing it. 
if you're not in agreement on this fina- big financial yeah. decision, don't do it. Yeah, yeah, that's fair too. All right, we did it. We figured it out for Mark. Whew. All right, let's go to Florida. To Tampa we go. Alex joins us there. What's going on, Alex? Hey, guys, thanks for uh, taking my call. Sure. How can Rachel and I help? Alex, do you own a Maserati? I wish. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you there. How can we help? Yeah. Um, so my question is, um, so about a year, more than a year ago, uh, January of last year, I got a new job that doubled my income. Um, awesome. And when that happened, before I knew you guys existed, I uh, I started the debt snowball kind of on my own. I was like, that just makes sense. I'll pay off the low stuff first. Oh, good. Um, so fast, fast forward a year, and I found you guys somewhere in there, and um, the baby steps make sense. And so meanwhile, I started budgeting and planning for that. Um, but with my career, it's a little volatile. Um, there's been a lot of layoffs lately in the industry, and I'm a little concerned that once this project is over, if it doesn't go well, I could be, you know, without a job for okay. a certain amount of time. Okay. Um, so what's your so question? My question was, should I, my question is, should I do the emergency fund first just to have a little bit of a fallback before I continue down the, the debt snowball? Um, how much are you making now? I make 110. 110. Okay. How much debt do you have? A lot. Um, three, 375, including the mortgage. Oh, okay. What about uh, outside of the mortgage? Just the consumer debt? Uh, uh, just the consumer debt is uh, 125. Okay. What kind of debt is that? Um, a lot of it is student loans, about 60. Okay, the line of work you're in, Alex, quickly, because we're coming up on a break. Um, are you, would you be able to find a new job if the layoff happened? Uh, yes, eventually, but okay. there's, there's been a lot of... Um, yeah, if I were you, I would I would start attacking the debt uh, because the layoff, it's not it's not imminent. Like It's not that it's going to happen. It's, if a, it fear, happens, it's a fear of it. You'd pause the snowball and get to work doing yep. whatever you could until you find stability. That's right, that's right. But hope that doesn't happen, man. Follow the steps, it works. You worked hard for your home. It should be a place where you can relax and refocus on your goals. And something as simple as window treatments can make the difference. If you're ready for an upgrade, we've recommended Blinds.com for years, and I've used them myself. That's because with Blinds.com, you don't have to sacrifice your budget, your style, or great service. From blinds, drapes, and shutters to motorized shades, they make it easy and affordable to upgrade your entire home. And they're designed. Design experts are always ready to help, even with measuring and installation. Plus, there are never any misleading quotes or hidden fees. Everything is backed by their 100% satisfaction guarantee. And shipping is always free. See for yourself why Blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window coverings. Visit Blinds.com now to learn more and get up to 45% off. That's Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. I'm George Camel, joined by Rachel Cruz. This is The Ramsey Show. Give us a call at 888-825-5225. Kim joins us up next in my old hometown, Boston, Massachusetts. What's going on, Kim? Hey, how are you? Doing well. How are you? Good. How can we help today? Okay. So the situation is that 
about three years ago, uh, my boyfriend sold his house to move into mine. And the plan was to buy a bigger house for the three of us because I have a son. Uh, obviously, the market went crazy. Don't want to buy another house. So now the thought is he's going to buy into own my house. So he's going to give me a large chunk of money, um, put his name on the deed. I don't need to refinance because I don't want to lose my 3%, but I don't know what to do with the money. Is this deal already done? No. Okay. So I'm, I'm confused. He's gonna, how much is he going to give you? He's basically buying equity About, stake in your house? Yes, exactly. 50000 Okay. What's your house worth? About four hundred. And we'll, how much equity do you have? Uh, right now I have 200 but that's not the mortgage. What's left on the mortgage? So I bought the, uh, left on the mortgage is 220 and I bought the house for 270 Okay. Hmm. So and how much equity put, will he actually have in the house if he does this? Uh, Let's say I'm going to play it out a worst case scenario. Let's say you guys break up. What happens mm-hmm. then? He has 50K in the house. You guys break up. You say, hey, you got to get out. This is my house. I, I would pay him back the amount that he put in. The lawyers are going to drop the paperwork so that I would pay him back what he put in plus any additional equity or... Why are you doing this, Kim? Why are you, why are you doing it? We're, we're going to get married. So like, I don't even... I haven't even really thought about like what would happen if we didn't. So it's kind so of like... why not get married and he doesn't put anything in? Get married and do in. it then. So he doesn't have to do anything. If you guys get married today, you're, I would not ask my future wife to be like, all right, once we get married, you pay me 50000 to live in my house now. Right? That, that's what I was thinking, too. I was like, is this crazy? Do I just tell him to put it into retirement and see yes. so when we're older that yes. like, we have a better nest egg? Well, I wouldn't even I like, say I put it in retirement. I would just say, let's pause on this whole transaction until we're married. And then once okay. we're married... You you know you can add him to the deed. You can refinance the mortgage, whatever you want to do at that point to get him you know financially involved here and combine bank accounts. But this is a really messy situation when you don't um, legally when yeah because when you're married you have legal standing right to be able to split assets and all of that. You don't have any of that, Kim. Um, okay. So and, and it's going to be messy because you're saying fifty k plus equity. Well, how much equity is it? A percentage? Is it a number? Right, right. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, and. We're the we're on the unfortunate side of this call, Kim, that we have received your types of calls when you break up and they're like, My boyfriend we thought you know, everything you know, was has his name out. on the deed and how do we do you know, and it ends up just being this complete mess when you do things financially with people you're not married to. And so, um, yeah, we really advise that that keeping everything separate and then when you guys get married, mm-hmm. then you're able to combine finances, which is awesome because then you're like, Oh great, well, have some extra money here, you know, his name can go on the house then and you guys own that together and, you know, you, you really see yourselves as one at that point, but I would not do anything until you're married. Okay, that makes sense. Is so this, when we do get married, what should we do with that big chunk of good. money? Yeah, there you I go, would there hang you on go. to it because you who knows what expenses you're going to have. Wedding, we need to do this upgrade, we need to do this, so I would leave that money. You know, if, if do you he, guys is have he, debt? Yeah, are you debt free and is he debt free? Uh, no, yeah, we're both debt free. I have about 50000 and like, liquid assets right now and then you know my retirement and all oh that great stuff. awesome i would just you guys invest 15 percent of your income if you have the emergency fund he has his emergency fund keep it separate both of you invest 15 percent. any money beyond that you can just stack up and you're gonna need it in the future and if you don't let's throw it at the mortgage once you're married and he's on the the deed and the loan 
Okay, that makes sense. I like that plan. Yeah, I, I do too. I hope we talked you off the ledge, Kim. It just scares <laughs> me every time. Not because <laughs> we we want to be mean, but because we've just seen too much on this show, and everyone wants it to work out on paper, and then life happens, and, and things it probably get will up. work out, right? Yeah. You guys will, you know, you'll get married, and it all it all be great. But it's always that it's a risk. When you start combining finances before you're married. Yeah, I mean, this feels like a weird episode of Shark Tank. It's like, I'm going to give you 50000 for <laughs> 10% equity. And I'm like, this is a love relationship, not a weird business partnership. Yeah, so, yeah. But I- I'm pulling for you. All right, let's get to another call. We've got the time. Hadley is in Winnipeg, Canada. How exciting. What's going on across the border, Hadley? Uh, not too much. Pretty cold over here, but good to talk to you guys. <laughs> you as well. How can we help? Um, I just have a question about my truck loan and, um, me and my wife got married, uh, last June and, uh, we're, we're pretty young, but, um, we're going to have our first kid in, uh, August, this coming August. So, oh, congratulations. Um, thank you very much. Yeah. We're just, uh, kind of debating on what we should do with our finances. Like we, we have, we're in the process of putting all of our stuff together right now and, um, my truck, uh, I had, I bought it a long time ago, uh, or I guess a couple of years ago. And, uh, at the time I didn't know about you guys and pretty big purchase, especially for my salary at the time. And even, even now, but I've paid off quite a bit of it. And I'm just wondering if I should, if I should leave it, uh, and just pay off the rest or if I should, um, sell it and whatever I can make off it. Cause I think I could make a little bit off it based on how much I have paid off already. What's and then, left uh, in the I have twenty two thousand left on the loan, and you're saying it's worth twenty three. Uh, it's probably worth more than that because well, this is based on private listings. Uh, I don't, I can't tell you exactly what it would be worth, but I'm guessing at least twenty five. Okay, so let's say you went through with this, you sold it, you you bank three thousand dollars. Now you need another vehicle. Yeah, and then uh, the, the the problem I'm having with getting into different vehicles is everything. I've looked through a lot and my dad, he's a, he works at a dealership and he's looked for me too. He's a mechanic as well. And everything that's uh, out there is really high in price for what you're getting. And lots of it is just completely mild out at the price range that I was expecting to get into. How much do you have in savings? Uh, together with me and my wife, we have about 12,000, maybe a little bit more than 12,000. In savings? Yeah. Okay. How much do you guys make a year? Um, she, I can't tell you exactly how much you make a year, but because she's having a kid, that will be gone right away. So that's kind of why we're debating this. I make, uh, after taxes, I make like 41. And she's going to stay home? But what, it, what is she going to make between now and August? Uh, she makes about a month. She makes about 1400 after taxes. 1400 after taxes? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we got about six months of her continuing to work. Yeah. And yeah, she's going to stay at home. Okay. Are you guys going to be able to cover all the bills? Yeah, I'll be able to, I'll be, I went through on every dollar and I uh, made a budget and it'll be tight. And that's kind of why I would like to get rid of this. uh, I'm looking to get rid of this truck home. Yeah. uh, Well, with a baby on the way, there's also this element where you may want to pause the steps and stack up cash yeah, to make sure we have big, plenty of money. Mm-hmm. So I may yeah. wait on all of this until baby's yeah. here in August 
And if mom and baby are home safe, we have a giant pile of cash, then we can sell the truck and upgrade to the next car in cash. Yeah, that, okay, so that's your thing. Hold on to the truck for now, save up cash, and then. Because unless you, the, the other thing you could do is sell the truck now, you got three thousand out of that deal. Take five thousand. Take five or eight out of your savings and go get an eleven thousand yeah. dollar car that gets you around. I mean, your dad's a mechanic, so get a pre-purchase inspection from him and uh, get a yep. reliable make and model. Yeah, but keep the rest of that money in savings and then just stack up cash okay. from there. Yeah, because how much is your car payment every month? Uh, for the truck? Yeah. Like my uh, mine, yeah, it's uh. Six hundred and forty a month. Woo! Yeah, I would get rid of the truck. I would do that. I would do what George said. Okay. Take it. Take take a couple That's thousand bigger. out of the savings. That'll and add an extra thirty eight hundred bucks to your life. Exactly. Yep. I'd get rid of it today, here. and then don't do anything else big. Wait till the baby's here, and then you guys have your emergency funds, basically funded, which is awesome. Yeah. You keep saving on that. And then you got yeah. no debt, emergency awesome. fund, and a, a different car with no payment on it's it. My great. friend. Great. Congratulations. It's Welcome exciting. to the baby club. So fun. This is the Ramsey Show. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel, joined by Rachel Cruz. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Rachel, I don't know if you know this, but there is a retirement crisis happening in America. Is there? Here's the stat that shocked me. Nearly half of Americans aren't saving at all for retirement. Oh, and no. those who do aren't saving enough. Mm. So for those of you, maybe you're in your 40s or 50s, retirement isn't a far off dream at this point. It's a fast approaching reality. And we get tons of questions from people asking, do I have enough money to retire? How is this actually going to work? And people that listen to the show, they want to retire with dignity. It's a goal. But sadly, many people, they're not that serious about saving for retirement. They haven't made it a priority. So let's get a benchmark. Uh, of what the average person in their 40s and 50s has saved okay. for retirement. You ready? According to a recent survey or a study done by Ramsey Solutions, the average American in their 40s has an average balance of $93,400 saved for retirement and contributes 8% of their income towards retirement. Wow. The average American in their 50s has an average balance of $160,000 and contributes 10% of their income into retirement. So with those averages, though, it's still, it's not enough. No. So here's the deal. If you're doing these five things in your 40s and 50s, you are not serious about saving for retirement. So we're going to call this five signs you're not taking retirement seriously. Number one, you have no goals. Oh, man. I know. It hurts to hear, but we've realized, Rachel, retirement is not an age. You don't just get to retire at 60 right? because the government said so. It's a financial number, and you need to know that number. And you can use our free retirement calculator to do that on our, at RamseySolutions.com and set a goal for retirement savings. Now, yeah. obviously, we have no magic eight ball to go, well, you're going to have $4.8 million if you just do this. We don't know what the market's going to do. Sure, but we do sure. know if you consistently invest over time, we know what the average track record has been of the stock market with mutual funds, that you'll have a good nest egg. That's right. Uh, next, What's the when next you sign? know that you're not serious about retirement, is that you're not saving 15% of your income. The we just average, saw that in the stats. Yeah, the average salary for Americans in their 40s is around $59,000. And if you started investing 15% at age 40 and did that every year until you retired, you would be a millionaire by 65. Wow, from 40 so, to 65, it's still possible. Yep. Making 59000 and if you never get a raise. And 15% of your income. So this is why we always say in the baby steps to pay off your debt first get your emergency funds, and then you actually have money to do 15%. Because I think for a lot of these- They're just doing know, too many things at once. They're trying to pay off debt. Yeah, they don't have the they cash to be able to do 15% it all. That's right. That's right. That's a huge problem. All yeah. right, next sign you're not taking retirement seriously, 
you still have consumer debt. You're still hanging on to that student loan, the credit card balance that you were working to pay off. Well, we did the HELOC, too, for that pool because we needed the pool for the kids. And here's the thing. Debt is actually just borrowing from your future, which is not a good plan if you want to retire in the future. So use the debt snowball method. It's the one you hear about on this show, smallest to largest balance, regardless of interest rate, and focus on paying off all consumer debt other than your mortgage. And what that does is free up debt payments that you can now use there you go. to invest that $700 truck payment. It's a beautiful thing. Amazing. It is a beautiful thing. Uh, next, one of these, this is why you're not serious about retirement, is that you overspend on non-essential costs of living. Cost of living is the top reason people don't save for retirement. The average American spends $1,500 on non-essential oh, items every goodness. month. It's almost $18,000 a year on things like eating out, impulse purchases, and subscriptions. So cut your cost of living. That's true. And we had a call earlier, Rachel. A guy had spent, what was it, $68,000 on credit cards, largely from door dashing. Yes. From using DoorDash to get food out of convenience. Yes. So these non-essential costs, the subscriptions, the door dashing, the Uber Eats, whatever it is, you know, pick your your poison. Right. It's at, it adds up every single month in wow. compounds. So you got to cut things out. That's right. And that's hard to do, right? We, I mean, we talked to so many people here on the show that they cut their cost of living way down to get margin to pay off debt and they do the sacrifice. I mean, they do it all. So it is possible. It's not always fun. But then on the, on the flip side, you really realize, oh my gosh, I have so much crap and stuff that we just don't need. We don't need the 18 subscriptions. That we're, even that we're physical paying stuff. Out. I mean, if you have you ever passed a garage in your neighborhood and you can't put a car in there, it's just become a storage just unit stuff. of just crap that we yes. might use one day or we used to use. Yep. Or it was stuff from grandma and we just can't get rid of it because it's sentimental. I'm like, guys, we have an obsession with stuff. All the things. Yep. All right. Last sign you're not taking retirement seriously. You knew we were going to say it. You're not doing a budget. Mm, Having mm, the mm, monthly mm. budget is the foundation of winning with money. Budgets are not for broke people. They're not for when you have money. It's for people who want to have money and want to keep that money. You got to know where every dollar is going, and you can sign up for our free budgeting app at everydollar.com. Every dollar is named after the uh, zero-based budgeting method where you give every dollar a name, yep. income minus expenses equals it, zero. It, I will forever be thankful for, for budgeting because I am such a spender. And we were doing our every dollar app because it's the it was the end of the month, oh, yeah. right? We're about to we're starting a new month, and I was closing it out, and those dang transactions just kind of kept coming in. I'm like, crap, crap, and I'm sitting there, and it's just it just keeps you accountable. So you're right, it's not Amazon, like, Amazon, even Amazon, on Baby Target, Step Seven, Amazon. you want to be yeah, <laughs> you want to be Venmo, Venmo, Venmo. You, you want to be doing a budget because you want to be able to say this is where my money's going, and it is. It's like a mirror in front of your face. I mean, like this is what I'm doing and you're actually seeing it. And if you're not budgeting, so much money just slips away and you don't even realize it. You really don't realize it. So being accountable in that way, it is so good. It's so good. That's huge. And what's beautiful about investing is you don't have to overcomplicate it. I mean, we've got a Roth 401k here at Ramsey, so you can do all 15% of your investing into that Roth 401k through your employer. And uh, it's if you just invest a menial amount, I mean, we're talking a few hundred bucks a month, which may sound like a lot if you're drowning in debt payments and you don't right. have a few hundred bucks. But most people, if we got out of debt and we had the emergency fund, we can find a few hundred bucks to invest. Yeah, that's right. But if you invest 15%, goodness gracious, you can build some serious wealth while having margin to help cover kids' college and pay off the house early. And when you're in baby step seven with no mortgage payment, you can increase investing. Yes, that's and right. And build exponential wealth. And so I just, it's, I have less empathy for people that say, well, you can't be a millionaire today, Rachel. Because it's 
easier than ever. If you just get this on autopilot, start as early as you can. Yep. Best time to plant the tree was 20 years ago. Next best time is today. So, you know, I feel like the old guy. Yeah, that was a grandpa saying, It George. is. That was but a, it's. I love it because it's, just like, listen, I get that you're 45 and wish you got this stuff right. sooner, but it's not an excuse to not invest. Well, and the reality is it's going to happen. Like retirement, right? If At some God, point, you God won't willing be able to that you, Yeah, that you, that you, you know, live up to that age. I'm like, you're going to want to retire. So you'd rather have some money than nothing. So starting that, but it's creating new habits. It's creating a new mindset. If you're not doing it now, putting that extra, you know, a few hundred dollars away, it, it, it can feel like, oh my gosh, like this, this feels scary, or I don't know if we can do this, but there is something powerful about actually doing the action. And once you start doing it and it becomes the norm, then you're not thinking about it again because you're like, exactly. oh yeah, this is just what we do. It becomes a part of your identity, right? The Atomic Habits, he talks yeah. about that. That it, it's an identity thing. If I am a person that saves for retirement, that's and who I am. The amazing part is you just over time learn to live on that smaller amount of money that ends up in your bank account. Yes. Because 15% already left your paycheck before it ever, my bank ever saw that's it. That's right, that's right. So you just learn to live on that smaller amount, live on less than you make. We teach that all the time. And I know future George is going to be real happy about this. I always say that. Future Rachel's going to be bougie. Yes. I can feel her. I can feel feel and, the nice And do trips. not rely on social security. That's going to be icing on the cake. Gravy icing yes. if you're in Canada. If it's even there when we're there, George, have you read all these Oh, articles? yeah. They're saying, I mean, hey, it's going to be down to 80% by 2034, and it could be gone. We I know. know, y'all. How scary is that? I'm like, what are we doing? So anyways, they, yeah, depend on yourself. And you guys can do it regardless of what age you are. Start this There's now. There's no reason to call now. us at 64 and go, I have zero in retirement. What do I do? I know, and people do, though. And like they go, it's... oh, and I can't work anymore. Well, now's a, a tough time to be calling us. Get a time machine because <laughs> I don't have a magic, you know, silver bullet that's going to help you retire with dignity and live all your retirement dreams. Yep. So that's my plan is have more than I need, and then I can, you know, leave it as an inheritance to my children's children. That's right. And cover their colleges. Quoting scripture. Did you see that uh, lady who donated to the university a billion dollar donation to the medical school i did see that it's amazing yes who was she i, I didn't read the article she was but a, I did a see board it. member and professor okay. and her husband um was very well to do left her a bunch of money and she said oh. you know what he said do what i want with this i'm going to give a billion dollars so that no medical student has to pay tuition ever again how incredible is that that's amazing so there you go there you go that's one thing to do if you're a billionaire Bye for that school so take retirement seriously Go to RamseySolutions.com. We have tons of resources there. And of course, get your every dollar budget going. EveryDollar.com. Get started for free today. That puts this hour of The Ramsey Show in the books. I'm George Camel. She's Rachel Cruz. Thank you to the booth folk keeping the show afloat. And you, America, will be back before you know it.